Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, your host, as always, the Mama Bird and CEO here at Little Bird Marketing. You're in for something special today. I'm here with my good friend, Sarah Kotva. You are listening to a special podcast that we have called Flight Patterns with Fieldwork. This is going to be a Ponderings from the Perch mini-series, and in this episode, you're going to hear from Sarah Kotva, a leader at Fieldwork. She is an expert in qualitative research recruitment and supporting services. Sarah Kotva, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Priscilla. Always love to be here. Well, um, totally full disclosure for everyone. We love each other. Uh, But let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. If you have not met her at a conference or have been living under a rock for a while, I will do you the favor and tell you a little bit about her. She is uh, just one of those people who I connect with so well because we are hard workers. First and foremost, we are not afraid to get our hands dirty. (laughs) Um, I think about your meteoric rise through field work from starting back in 2000 as a project manager. Um over at Fieldwork Network and really spending all of these years getting now to being at corporate office and you are now the vice president of Fieldwork. And so it's so fun to see something we don't really see that often anymore, which is this long tenure with one company. And that is the case with so many field workers. A hundred percent. This July 17th will be 22 years And I'm definitely not alone. I think that we are very, very lucky to have such wonderful people that we get to work with each other every single day, share ideas and collaborate. Sharing operational best practices has always been a foundation for field work. And even through the pandemic, we were able to gather and to share great ideas. And there's just a lot of good stuff that comes from that. Well, this is actually such a huge reason why I wanted to have you and a couple of your team on this podcast and do an actual series. Because unfortunately, we did see a lot of people, whether it's in a recession or there's a, you know, or we have a pandemic or what, whatever the case is, business is always going to be hard. There's going to be ups and downs. And we saw more recently, unfortunately, some people kind of fade away and go run and hide a little bit. And listen, we understand it. It's very, very hard. But I wanted to talk with you and some of your leadership because I saw the opposite happening. I saw this immediate reach out to even competitors. I saw this immediate reach out to the industry. And this is the full disclosure, Sarah and I are conference buddies, you know, because we go out there and we take the time and, you know, we we do love talking with people, but I think one of the other things is that we really love listening to people. And I saw your entire team get so activated so fast when times were tough in the qualitative industry. And I saw that collaborative spirit happening and I, I could not have been more excited about it and also inspired by it. And I think it's one way that it really set field work apart and saying, you know, we're not just in it for us. We're in it for this industry. We're in it for our clients. You know, we're also in it for our employees. So we're going to talk about all of those things. So with field work serving so many industries within market research, you really are at an interesting place, like a hub, really, for understanding what's happening in qualitative research. So What's on the horizon, do you think, for 2022 and beyond, really? Well, everybody would like a crystal ball. (laughs) But I can tell you that at Fieldwork, we feel our future is really bright. It's no secret that the in-person element of research took a hit for the last couple years. But during that time, Fieldwork never stopped thinking about ways that we could support our clients. 
And we use that time to gather and to share operational best practices and really be a new source so our clients knew what was happening. So getting your clients in this communication loop must have been a big piece of the puzzle for you all. Absolutely. I I think everybody was in a different space in a different zone and you couldn't expect people to know what was happening. Um, People are at different levels of comfort and we just wanted to be good communicators. We wanted to help manage expectations, help our clients know what to expect, help our respondents know what to expect. And that communication really was very powerful during this time. I can imagine that because on one hand, some people had to keep doing in-person research, period. Other ones were not going to do it period. (laughs) And so just being really open and kind of being that place where people could talk about really where their company was and what the decision was going to be, that had to have been very refreshing for people. I think the show must go on for some people. Certain industries were not able to do things online. There's Technology is great. We love technology. We embrace technology. And we think that there's a time and place for all the methodologies. But in-person cannot be replaced for many, many reasons the touch, the smell, the uh, tangible aspects of products, the security, having people come and touch and see what's going on cannot be replaced virtually. Yeah. I, as a cultural anthropologist, I'm going to say yes, humans, yes. <laughs> Love them. So one of the interesting things you talk about communication, you started talking you know, uh, a lot to your clients and making sure they were in the loop and also listening to them. That's what I heard from that. But I will um, just say one thing that I really noticed about fieldwork was that you all got into the fray in the industry itself. And I saw you become a big champion of the hashtag, hashtag face-to-face MRX. And I saw you starting really great conversations on social media and really helping people understand the current state of in-person research. So where do you go from here with hashtag face-to-face MRX? Well, we did, we really wanted to champion that hashtag because we wanted, we wanted to do it for our clients. We wanted our clients to know what was happening and to be that new source, and we wanted to collaborate with our competitors as well. We believe in the power of in-person and face-to-face interaction, and we really wanted the support from our competitors, which we got. We've had relationships with these teams and these people for many, many years, and the support was really overwhelming. That's so interesting because I talk, as you know, all the time about how collaboration is a new competition. And then I talk, 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 and then you showed. (laughs) I love it. And I I love a good collab. And people think all the time that, you know, business sometimes is a zero-sum game. But I saw you reach across and really get so many people um, included and inspired really during a difficult time. So when I think about, you know, how much you care about the industry as a whole, that also tells me if one company fails, okay, that's not good. And we can't certainly, you know, have this whole industry fail because clients need this. They need in person. And now with so many changes in the market, they absolutely need to know what what people are thinking. Well, there is a pent-up demand. Absolutely. And the the hashtag was to create a swell of conversation about in-person because we didn't want to fail. We didn't want our competitors to fail. We we felt so strongly that our industry is so important to support these methodologies and the, the research methods 
I can't imagine how life would look without research facilities. Right. Well, let's talk for a minute about research facilities because you are known in this industry as the gold standard of facilities. Thank you. <laughs> so it is, if you have not been in a fieldwork facility, you really need to because it is beautiful. It is welcoming. It feels so top level professional. But tell me what it is that makes them so special, because there's a little something else going on at Fieldwork, in my personal opinion. Well, the facilities, there's a lot of thought that goes into the design of the facility. That's for sure. And thank you. I agree. I think our facilities are really beautiful. I will always say what makes Fieldwork different is the field workers, the people. They care so much. They're here to support. They're here to share. They're here to collaborate. They're here to provide feasibility checks, to give their feedback, we have project managers from coast to coast, and often we're crowdsourcing problems, coming up with solutions, opportunities, and sharing that with our clients. I think that also with fieldwork, there's not a lot of red tape. We get a lot of very awkward, weird things we've never tried before, but in this time, it's really shown us how we can stretch and how we can try and how we can work together with our clients to bring insight success. Well, when I hear stories from you, I kind of reflect on it. And you and I do travel an awful lot, right? We're in an awful lot of hotel and we are privy to a lot of hospitality um, fails and also real successes. And I often think that field work is basically the concierge desk of the market research industry. <laughs> so I'm sure you've had some very strange requests, but then when times got tough, I'm sure there were very bizarre requests and and you your your team seems to know how to roll with the punches. I think that's because we have each other and we can talk internally and we can come back with a great solution. And you're right. I, I love that you call it concierge because it's we talk about service, service, service all the time. We gather, we talk about it, we share what we what we've learned and what we'll try. And I think the other thing about um, this particular time, um, not that it's that much different than before, but communication is key. Really setting the expectations of what's possible and following through on those those expectations and communicating that is it, it was just vital to the success during this time. Let's take a short break. The Market Research Podcast Award is back. And it's time to nominate your favorite Kick-Ass Insights podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open, and they'll stay open through June 30th. Voting will then start July 1st and go through August 12th. Nominate your absolute favorite podcast of the insights industry at littlebirdmarketing.com slash mr-podcast-award. The winner will be announced this September at Greenbook's IIEX Behavior. Will your favorite Insights podcast make the cut? Full disclosure, you and I are friends and beyond the colleagues. I mean, we've just over the years have become such close friends. And, you know, we talk about my business as, you know, really as creatives, as in the business of ideas. And I tell people, no, 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 no. Anybody has an idea. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the execution that is really important. And I hear that what you're saying about your side is that, you know, some people might think they can DIY you know, a focus group or something like that, but the details will just kill them. <laughs> well, you taught me that. You say all the time that the great idea is going to fall out of your mouth. You said that to us very early on. And I feel like that's what the power of in-person is. It perhaps isn't 
right in the moment. It could be an afterthought. It's the conversation that the moderator and the clients in the viewing room are having. It's just, they're, they're, they're just these very exciting moments that you can't predict. You may have expectations to hear one thing and you hear a whole nother story. And that, you know, that time in the facility, those walks back to the hotel, um, talking about the product or service and, and ways to get it out there and the messaging across are just that you cannot replace that. Oh, I love that. And it's interesting because I don't think people really think uh, really about the multi, you know, faceted business that you're in because you're hosting the moderator. Yeah, they're there for a job, but the moderator is being watched by their client. So there's an end client they're watching often, but then your client really often is not only the, the end user, but it's also the respondent and taking care of them. And it's just hospitality, hospitality, hospitality. Right. So it's service, service, service. And it's the fact that we are anticipating the needs of all these different people that are coming to our facilities, which is why we take an awful lot of time to thoughtfully design because we're welcoming not only experienced moderators and brands and end clients, but we're also welcoming people to bring their opinion and bring their truth and their voice to a product. And we want them to feel comfortable. Oh, I love that. I do think people being comfortable is the only way they're going to stop being so self-conscious. And then they're going to actually give that gem, you know, to the, to the clients like, Oh no, this is what I really think, (laughs) you know, because we all have our guard up, you know, and if we come into a place that looks kind of sketchy, our guard is going to stay up. Absolutely. And think about when you go to a trade show or you go to a conference, you have a list of things that you want to do, people that you want to meet. And sometimes those expectations and the reality are very, very different. And you walk away and it's sometimes the smallest little nugget makes the biggest difference. Oh, I love that. So everything we can learn from there, we can translate over to what your clients are experiencing in the focus group facility itself. But I am going to maybe put you on the spot just a little bit, because I think this is one of the big reasons why we become friends after becoming colleagues. And that is because we truly believe in, in helping others and to really, in that way, respecting the people who helped us get where we are and turning around and helping others. And I'm just going to brag a little bit on field work and why I love your company and your team and your tribe so much um, is that, you know, you don't just talk about helping women in research. You actually help women in research. And I just want to give a shout out to you guys for actually stroking a check and supporting women in research. And for those of you listening, If you want a friendship like this that is with another professional who you really can bounce ideas off of and just be so curious about their business and learn for your own, you need to go to the free, yes, you heard it, free events that Women in Research puts on. And they're not just for women, but they do support women. So Fieldwork has been a financial sponsor so that it can always stay free for people. I'm so appreciative and we've had so many good times, um, you know, through Women in Research. But what else are you guys working on right now that is giving back to the industry? Well, first, I love Wire. I think it's great. And I definitely encourage anybody to get involved. I've made so many great, impactful, meaningful relationships um, through my involvement. It can also be more than just writing a check. I think that just participating and being part of the community, being part of this insights industry is just really rewarding. You have a lot of very smart people that want to help you. And asking for help is the biggest way that you're going to get that return. And I've just been very fortunate to cross paths with so many people that are willing to help. 
Recently, we offered to help with the Market Research Education Foundation. They're having a race this May, and we were able to participate last year. And we noticed there were some opportunities for some social media to get the word out. And so we offered to volunteer to really help support it. I think that in this industry, there are great, great cheerleaders. And so Fieldwork wants to champion that effort. We want to be a part of the industry. We love WIRE. Our company has so many strong uh, women involved. And um, there's just, there's lots of ways to get involved that are very rewarding and impactful. Well, and I think when somebody like yourself leading field work, when you all put your gravitas behind something like that, that is benefiting other people's education, and this year it's going to uh, Ukrainian efforts, uh, it's so amazing because you all do have a very loud voice on social media. Well, thank you, Priscilla. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, getting people, and, and, and it's fun. It is fun. I, I will say because of all of the the in-person events that are back on and they're selling out and doing great, one of the most fun things is actually getting to meet so many of these people in the industry that have been so supportive for the last couple of years that I haven't had a chance to meet in person. So I love attending these events. It's There's just there's just so much camaraderie, so much support, and Fieldwork loves being a part of that. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and sharing with me your perspective. I know it's been a wild ride the last couple of years and qualitative. You're in the right place to be able to give us a real sense of what happened and what's coming. So I really appreciate that. But, you know, just as a thank you, what's one thing that you wish that people either knew about fieldwork or what would you say to people who maybe have not, you know, ever been in a fieldwork facility? Well, you know, I think that that is such a great question because there's so many things that we do and trying to get your messaging across is very <laughs> difficult. But I would say give us a chance. And for whatever reason that people haven't tried fieldwork before, I feel so strongly that if you gave us your the opportunity to bid on your project, facilitate your project, recruit for your project, you would see the difference. We put a lot of time, resources, money, quality in our product, and we're very, very proud of it. I just actually read on LinkedIn something that I love that said, doing it right is expensive, doing it wrong costs a fortune. And that's how I feel. You got what you pay for. We continue to produce great respondents. We're trying to be a support service for so many different industries, and we just love it. We're learning. We continue to learn so much every single day. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, thank you so much for taking your time. And also thank you for giving back to this industry. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Priscilla. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.